do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know I skipped three years worth of lectures Just to binge watch awful shows There must be some scholarship For accruing worthless knowledge It's my only talent, honey That and losing money Let your excess hex debts rest And then just join us while we start On our bachelor Hello and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the F-Boy Island Australia podcast that asks the question, is the brain actually an erogenous zone? Because one Hmm. time I was with a partner and I... I mean, this is, I don't know, it's just the beginning of the episode. We're getting very intimate. But one time I was with a partner and I cut off all of their hair and their scalp. Yeah. And yep. then using a circular saw, I chiseled off a big chunk of their skull so mm. that I could like reach my arm down and feel around in there and just, you know, do some do some of my sensual touchings. Yep. Lovely. And let me tell you, it did not go down like that. Oh, they didn't it like would. that. Was not into it. That's weird. Maybe my, like, performance was right. You know, like, it's the execution rather Mm. than... I got a lot to learn about the ways of love. Look, execution in more ways than one, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird. They went all quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hello, my name is Xavier Obetsky-Noonan. I love The Bachelor. I've got the biggest craving for a chicken burger. Mm. Uh, And I hate the coronavirus. And joining me, as always, is my co-host with the mo-host... Max Quinn. How are you, Max? Xavi, hello. As we begin this episode, I would like to remind you and all of our listeners that we are recording on the unceded land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. This always was, this always will be Aboriginal land. Hello to you if you are a First Nations BOH listener. Uh, we pay our respects to elders past, present, emerging. Thank you for being here. I am, to answer your question, so good, so enthused to be talking about these two episodes of F-Boy Island, which I dare say were the two best episodes of reality TV that I have watched in years. I truly think, okay, we, we, maybe, we maybe differ slightly. Okay. I think episode six is truly one of the great episodes of all time. Of it's any... pulling it up, isn't it? It's pulling the average up. Because I thought episode five was fine. I, You know, kind of normal. I thought episode five had its own incident. There was a novel story. Yeah. I was quite into what was happening there. The twist. Okay. We'll talk about this. So much to say. Absolutely. Yes. And I, I do think like... Episode five, you know, pretty good. Still hitting above average. This this show, all, you know, all throughout has been great. But mm. but what followed was a decadent, refined, and absolutely scrumptious morsel of reality television. Notes of wood and chaos. Mm, absolutely, yeah. My friend Susie uh, said the show has gone absolutely nuclear this week. I Thank couldn't you, have really Susie. put it better myself, even though I'm going to try to for the next 90 to 120 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get too far into that, though, I do want to just very quickly touch on a couple of things that are happening outside of the island on a, mm. a different, well, technically the same island. We kind of talked about this. The island thing is a bit of a misnomer. It's not important. But there's one thing that is important, and that's that 
we're going to dance with the one who brung us, you know? Oh, yeah. And we, uh, we are, of course, a Bachelor podcast. If only Elise uh, had done that at the Year 10 formal. Oh, tell me more. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> we are going to quickly dip our toes into, of course, our, our sort of our mother, I suppose you could say. Yeah. <laughs> in the common parlance, in the, you know, what the kids say. Yeah. I, I think Bachelor is mother, you know? I think the Bachelor is mother, but I think that F-Boy is like zaddy. Oh, yeah, baby. You know? Uh, are we putting people off with this? Who could say? Definitely. Look, there's a there's a world out there, you know? And, and let me make this clear, because mm. I d- we're in a world right now, right? <laughs> we're, in a, we're in like a regular world, but we're also in another world that's sort of layered on top of this one. I don't know why I can't just start doing this. I have to introduce right. it in the most complex way possible. Anyway, Please continue. The things that happen in this world can leave our heads spinning. And you don't mm. know which world I'm talking mm. about, because frankly, it's a jungle out there. But every now and then it's nice to take a moment to sit down with a close friend and catch up on the things that are happening in the world of, of course, The Batch in a segment which we call The Batch World Catch-Up. And I don't think I could have made that any simpler to understand. Xavi, that was explicit. Thank you so much, and I'm glad that's sticking. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, kind of a serious one. I mean, just kind of a weird one. I don't know. Um, Bachelor Australia Season 4 Breakout and Bachelor in Paradise Season 3 star Kira Maguire. We remember mm. Kira. KM. We talked about Kira Big way kiss. back in the first season we ever did of this show. That's true. Uh, and not a huge amount since then, although I think she has lingered in the public consciousness to a certain degree. Oh, she was an archetypal batchy villain, and she has remained in the conscious for that reason. Right. She uh, dated Jared. That's right, yes. Um, now no longer dating Jared, now getting up to all sorts of things, including allegedly being involved in a, quote, drink-throwing incident at a <laughs> South Yarra bar. Who did she swill? Uh, I... Don't know, unfortunately. I will tell you all the details that I have. That's uh, so funny. Outspoken Podcast has the details. They reported that Kira was seated with her friends in a booth and the altercation took place in an adjoining booth. And it is alleged that police were called and CCTV footage was taken from the venue when Kira tossed a drink in somebody's face, I believe. Oh, this is when the Buller Banquet goes too far, isn't it? I think so, right? Isn't it, it, it just feels like such a reality TV move brought out mm-hmm. into real life. Yeah, look, I've only ever seen one person squill one other person in my life. Yeah, I mean, I have to imagine the 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 glamour and the mystique sort of comes off a little bit when you're not when you're involved, you know, when, when you're, you're at someone's the, wedding. When you're in the splash zone. At the wedding. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, so Kira will appear before the Melbourne Magistrates Court for a hearing in August. That is truly all I know about this situation. I don't know anything other than that. It's hard to comment without a huge amount more extra knowledge. Um, but also, like, this just has me thinking, like, can you... Is it... I guess I've never Wait. really known... She's going to appear at a magistrate's court. Yeah. Is that wrong? She's been arrested for swilling? Yeah. This is the thing. It's a multiple assault charge, what? apparently. I don't know... What that means, and so that's that's why uh, this was my reaction too, Max. You were very shocked, and I'm I was shocked too because I'm like, is it really? Can you really not throw a drink in someone's face in this day and age? And Does I don't she have mean a license to, go to all... swill. <laughs> Apparently not. Can't buy a swill in this day and age. <laughs> 
I d- I'm surprised that... And look, we don't know the full story. There may have been some other thing that happened along with just a drink. And mm. maybe, look, obviously, if it wasn't just tossing the drink itself, but if it was like throwing a glass or something, we're purely speculating here. But that would be more serious, you can imagine. Um, but like... Yeah, I I hate to be the conservative one who's like, oh, this day and age PC culture's gone too far or whatever. But I really think that you should be allowed to toss a drink in someone's face if they really deserve it. I find it to be not something that you can get arrested. You're absolutely right. I want to take it all back. This is not something that you should be able to it's be arrested frowned for. upon. I mean, like, yeah, you know, you're you sh- and you should a- be frowned upon for doing it, but do not arrest her. Give it a rest. You know what I mean? Give, give it a rest rather than an a rest. Yeah. I also, maybe maybe my bias coming into this is also last week on the podcast, we talked about how much I truly desire to have something thrown in my face. It's true I, to go to pie, pie face. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And I do feel like getting the getting the drink thrown in your face is, is up there for me as well. I would not, I would not, like, I don't want to create a situation in which I deserve to have a drink thrown in my face. That Mm. to me feels like a social nightmare, Mm. but also something about uh, living in that thing that seems to only exist in fiction, except obviously it doesn't, you know, unless of course you are dressed too swell. That's right. Yeah. There's one last thing I'd like to do before we move on to talking about the TV show that we came here to talk about. Mm. And that's of course, to talk about a completely different other show (laughs) that we have talked about in the past. I hope. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just like, have you seen uh, what uh, su- Succession finale a few weeks ago? That was crazy. What about that Roy man? Oh, how do they? I mean, look how how are they going to choose? Why are they doing that with the company? Do you know? And I didn't even know that that Cooper Trooper called Roy even had a future in business. <laughs> and Kendall Jenner's involved now. I so think. weird. Very strange. Uh, no, we're talking about another TV show that we have, of course, covered in the illustrious uh, history of this podcast, and that mm. is, uh, well, I don't need to tell you what TV show it was, because I can just tell you the name of the segment. It is, of course, The Boat World Float Up. Of course, listener, this is the segment that relates to the very short-lived and extremely poorly rated TV show that we covered called Love Boat Australia. It's called The Real Love Boat Australia. Thank you. Which That's right. I remember. That's the clue to remembering it is it was in fact a real show mm, and it was a real in fact boat. only 9 months ago even though it has kind of unfortunately evaporated a little bit from the public consciousness. So, um of course in the boat well float up. I am sorry to say we will in fact be talking about a different reality TV show that we've never Yet again. Before. The beloved host of The Real Love Boat Australia, Darren McMullen, he has also hosted some other shows, which I won't bother mentioning, Uh, but he will be appearing as a contestant on the upcoming season of The Amazing Race. Is Darren McMullen the one that was married to Delta Goodrum? How do we never touch on this? Brian McFadden, never mind. Absolutely wrong person, yeah. Mm. Um, Although I believe they are both from Ireland. Ah, Two Irish Max. Uh, you know what else uh, is two Irish max? F- my impression of Irish Dido. Oi, oi, want to thank you. Max, this isn't, we're not talking about F-Boy Ireland today. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you, I've had that, I've had those two words sitting in my drafts for each of the weeks that we've been doing this podcast, just waiting for one of the men to be Irish and oh, none of them are Irish. This is how it works. This is how it works though. You this set is, them yeah. up, I knock them down. Wait, That's no, right. other way around. Look, someone's setting something up and, and also I get knocked down and I get back up again. They're never going to keep you down. Da- 
Darren McMullen. Is that is Chumbawamba Irish? Probably not. Let's not. Do you know what? I think not. he's Scottish. Let's go, keep going. Yeah. Uh, Darren McMullen. You know what? He could be Scottish too. I actually. I, oh, you know are what? they Irish? Oh, now we have to check. We do have to check, listener. One second. Chumbawamba were an English rock band. Do you English. know what? Part of the United Kingdom still counts. It counts, except for the part of Ireland that is not part of the United Kingdom. You know what? What? Well, there's Northern Ireland. It's not necessarily a part of Ireland. They're two different countries. Oh, I don't know anything about that. We have really put our foot in it now, haven't we? Ah, look, we'll get back up again. <laughs> Along with his nephew, Tristan, Darren McMullen will be competing in the forthcoming celebrity season of the beloved reality game show on behalf of the Feel the Magic charity, which looks after orphaned children. The reason, specifically the reason that I want to talk about this is that Darren is very funny in this press release. Okay, say more. So Darren says, quote, I am going to sit down and eat pasta and drink lots of red wine and tell Tristan what to do. If there's any kind of eating weird foods, he's going to be doing that. Great. If there's anything that requires a lot of fitness and exertion, he's going to be doing that. Great. I'll just be there for the brains. Thrilling. I love Excellent. that Darren knows exactly how this kind of reality TV works. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know that I have too much to say. What was his charity called again? Uh, Feel the Magic. That's right. A tabletop and digital collectible card game created by Richard Garfield, released in 1993 by Wizards of the Coast, now a subsidiary of Hasbro. That's right. And that that is what they will be helping the orphans to do, is to play that tabletop RPG. And we're really excited about that. Good for them. Good for the orphans. I certainly hope that Darren gets another opportunity for a truly bizarre musical number like he did in the finale of The Real Love Boat. Cannot believe that that happened. Truly thrilling. It was explicit. (laughs) (laughs) Xavi, tell me that that is the end of the boat world float up. That's the end. We're disembarking from the boat. We've arrived at our destination, and it is, of course, F-Boy Island. Uh... I think the best place to begin mm. um, with, with I, I have been enjoying starting our shows with this because it is a bit of a challenge, uh, is to rather than sink our teeth into all of this man meat, um, Jesus, <laughs> sometimes I just start talking, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> rather than chomp on these hogs. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. Uh, mm. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the wonderful women who are, of course, the true focal point of this show. In a segment where we try not to talk about the boys at all, that we call the Bechdel Boys. You're listening to the Bechdel Boys on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. No girls allowed. <laughs> Now, Xavier, I prepared for this segment. I've got so much to say about at least one of these women. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, uh, you know what? I agree. I, I do too. Just quickly, I got a lot of positive feedback on your uh, your segment sound effects. Oh, you did. That's great. People are loving them. I hope you got some as well, but uh, allow me to speak for our, our audience. Um, we're, we're loving it. And, uh, and more, please. Uh, so... There's some good stuff with the women of this show, whose names are Sophie, Ziara, and Molly. <laughs> really good start. Am I starting? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, there is, there's a really good scene where Abby has donated the women a board. Yes. Um, that they can use to stick up portraits of the uh, game elements. 
that they need to keep track of, you know? Uh, So we see them really engaged with this, like debating uh, where to put these... The merits of the tokens. Where to put the pieces of paper on the board on a scale of, like, let's say F person (laughs) to... uh, (laughs) To F person to to good uh, person, uh, per, oh, another person who's good. Yeah, uh, I noticed that Sophie is reading the book "Before You Knew My Name" by Jacqueline Bublitz. Okay, girls reading girls, we like that. Yep, yep. Uh, what else have I got here? Ziara. Yep, <laughs> is on that. Oh, Ziara loves chicken burger. That's what I wrote too. Yeah. This so is, that's okay. good for her. The note that I took says, Ziara loves chicken burger, loves chicken nugget, anything deep fried, 55 burgers, 55 fries, 55 tacos, 55 <laughs> pies, 55 coats, 100 tater tots, 100 pizzas, 100 tenders, 100 meatballs, 100 coffees, 55 wings, 55 shakes, 55 pancakes, 55 pastas, 55 peppers, and 155 taters. Now, what I didn't realize is that that was a play on a Chris Farley nor McDonald joke. Oh, is it? I, did, I yes. didn't realize. Wait, hang on. You, we've we've just named two men. I'm I'm so sorry. Oh fuck. And I would love to talk to two comedians I love, but unfortunately, I think I should leave. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and it's my turn though to talk about the uh, women as part of this duo of Bechdel boys. Sure. And look, let's just name some female comedians that we love: Amy Schumer, mm-hmm. uh, Zashia Zameda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa Debris, Tignataro, Maddie Smith, Kelsey Cook, Esther Pavitsky. Little Esther, they call Little her. Esther, that's correct. Now, I would like to begin my Bechdel Boys wrap up by saying this. I think that Molly is the main character of this show. Yeah, yeah. She is certainly the main character of this week and probably last week as well. I think so I think, too. Like, I don't know if they planned it that way, but I think. Some stuff is happening to Molly. Yep. I won't, I won't say what, but it is creating sort of almost like a, a black hole at the center of the show, you know? Exactly that, right? So she's giving main character in a way that I think is unparalleled by anyone on this show that is not named Abby Chatfield. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm getting a bit of like Brittany Hockley from Molly. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. She's sharp and affable and gorge, but also kind of at an arm's length. You know, yes. I think she does a really good job of presenting as both accessible and also aspirational. Like, I could see her influencing after this. Mm. I could see her starting a podcast, whatever. Like, I also don't know that I'm the audience specifically for Molly, mm-hmm. but I really do applaud the main character energy. And I think that by nature of circumstance, but also by nature of who she is and the way that she comes across, Molly is the main character. That's true. It's not just what's happening on the show. Yeah. That's right. Like, it's not that she's been thrown into circumstance and now all of the plot revolves around her. She's mm. also giving leader in a certain way. I also think uh, that she is playing the game well mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, a worse participant in this show or, a you know, a worse lead would have gotten rid of some elements uh before she has i think some people have characterized this i've seen some commentary from people who think that she has a bad radar 
But I think Oh, she, I don't even think that's true. She's aware that she's creating a product and mm-hmm. it is it is as entertaining as possible because of her choices and actions. I think Molly's self-awareness is striking and that is different to what I think about how I feel about let's say Ziara or Sophie. Like I think Ziara look I don't know that she is as self-aware that she is making great TV as Molly is, but I do think that she's making great TV. And most of my commentary, to be honest, about Sophie centers around um, what is, I think, her poor judgment related to men. And so I don't have anything to really say because outside of the book that she is reading, I'm I'm not sure (laughs) that that, like... A little uncharitable in, in hindsight. What insight that we... Are getting like I think it's a failure of the show that we're not getting that much of an insight into who Sophie is as a person. I still like I'm finding all of them so watchable and interesting and fun. Um, like I think they're on a level playing field as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very keen to see what what else they have in store. I can't keep talking without talking that about brings us these to fellas. the end of the Bechdel. Nope. Not bechamel. That brings <laughs> us to the end of the Bechdel boys. Save and me. right into the beginning of our new segment that I haven't even told Max about called the Bechamel boys. When's the last time you had a lasagna? <laughs> now, it's been many, many years. And what else is that used for? What else is you a Bechamel? Maybe sure. like a uh, croque monsieur? Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd say you're right. Yeah. God. Outside of that, I couldn't tell you. Two great foods, though. I mean, you know. Wonderful foods, extremely no white foods, a lot of Frenchness to them. Wait, no, lasagna is Italian. What's lasagna's Italy and France got going on? They've got a lot to say for well, themselves, they hang don't out. they? They're right near each other, you know. Yeah. They're, they're, they're Are buds. they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, Europe. I don't know anything Max. about that. Look it up. No, Europe. <laughs> I'm not. Europe. Hey, babe, you rup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, uh, speaking of boy... <laughs> He got me. Yeah. Um, I maybe we talk about our A boy of the week. Like I the 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 it's a bit higgledy piggledy this, this week. I think most of this will actually turn out to be a little more chronological than we've been doing. Um, just because once we get on a roll, this thing just keeps you know, this steam train keeps coming right towards us. Agreed. Um, but I'm gonna start with my A boy of the week, if you don't mind. Wait, hold on. We've got to do the thing. Oh my god. How did you miss this? I don't know. I fucked up. I, I fell asleep at the wheel. I was thinking about a train coming towards me. I got scared. Hey, boy of the week. Um, so, like, I kind of struggled again this time, <laughs> if I'm being real. Okay. Uh, not a huge amount of, like, outstandingly great people. Um, I, I settled on someone I did not really think I would settle on. Um, just by virtue of like some, some of this is like other people who might be contenders for this have ended up being in other segments and I don't want to hand out the same thing, you know, uh, same person, the same, anyway, let's talk about Joshy. Oh my God. We have the same A boy (gasps) of the week. Wow. Okay. So this is the first time I think we have picked the same person for something, right? I am so excited. Joshy is my A boy of the week. Also, why did you pick him? Okay. So it's mainly, um, the second date that he has with Sophie. Okay. Um, in which they swim in a rock pool together. It looks like it's very cold, but they're like not bothered. They managed to sell a little bit of romantic spark. Um, 
And he ITMs, I definitely feel like I am falling for Sophie, which I feel like is more strongly worded than just about anything else. Because it's it's also interesting to think about this show. We're not pretending things in the way that The Bachelor does. It's not designed to be like, we're going to end up in a relationship that will last the rest of our lives. The idea is like, I hope I end up dating someone who I don't hate in three months, basically. Yes. You know, it is a dating show rather than like a romance show marriage show let's yeah, say yeah yeah um but uh yeah sophie says that uh he's a 10 out of 10 he tells him he would be a really good boyfriend and he has no red flags which bodes pretty well um in my opinion just having the name joshy is a little bit of a red flag i but agree i agree this doesn't seem to be a problem you know it's not my decision to make um i do think like as far as I'm concerned, there is a lot of overlap between the A-boy of the week and the boy of the week, the the person who's just kind of floating in the background. Because as far as I'm concerned, basically the best thing that a man can do is just like stay out of the way and don't bother me. <laughs> well, that's kind of it, right? Like we didn't talk last week about who our boy of the week was, but I Ironically, am looking forward to check in. I prepared one and skipped it by accident, which is so <laughs> funny. Um. So the, there is there. Oh, well, do you want to talk more positives about him? There's a there's a slight negative that comes to light. I do want to talk about the positives that I found in Joshi, and the positives that I found were process of elimination based. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because totally. here's what's happening: the situation with Sophie is that I think that she look has pretty poor taste in the men that are available to her. Like she's eliminated almost consecutively, nice guy after nice guy after nice guy, and that continues through these episodes. But Joshy strikes me as being the best of a bad bunch of Sophie's boys. She has F-boys to the right of her, F-boys to the left of her, not a drop to drink, Xavier. She's stuck in the middle with Joshy? (laughs) She's stuck in the middle because, like, look at... On either side, to the right, Benny, the British blockhead who has never tried an oyster... And to the left, yeah. intruder tattoo Chris, who everywhere I look, he is there and he is bad. Yeah. I'm just I'm just getting nothing from, from Chris, really. I just, I, every time he's on screen, I kind of think, you suck. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that there's anywhere else for Sophie to look at this point, because most of the other boys I also feel are, like, taken up in the group of, of Molly or taken up in the group of Ziara. Like, who does, for example... And it's shocking that we're asking this, but it's also not shocking that we're asking this six, six episodes into a reality TV series. Mm-hmm. Who does Clay belong to? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, uh, you know what? I will actually talk a little bit about Clay a little later on. He's coming up. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. But the, yes, I agree with you. He's not like... There are even more anonymous people who are still kind of hanging year out. 25-year-old bodybuilder Josh, let Josh alone Josh. Jumps out to me, which is like it's a real problem that there are both, you know. Like, yeah, Josh and just Joshy. for the sake of the podcast, one <laughs> of these one of these guys really has to go. It does come to light a bit later, and we'll touch more on this segment in detail later on. Uh, but it comes to light that Joshy spends a lot of time at the Coogee Pavilion Hotel, oh. which is apparently a bit of a classic F boy stomping ground. Makes Max, sense. Do you- yeah, do you know anything about this? I have been to the Coogee Pav before. Mm-hmm. I hated it. I thought yeah. that I would either get beat up or that I would get kicked out 
by a bouncer for not being muscular enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's that kind of that kind of vibe where everyone is dressed in uh, look the kind of linen that says to me uh industry. You know that store? Yeah, yeah. Like Yeah, I know what you mean. That's where I, I'm going with this. I've been there once. Um but it was it was as part of a big group, so I feel like I was a little insulated from the experience. Mm. Um, and look, like I'm, I'm as skeptical of, I'm, and look, I'm as skeptical of a Merivale venue as the next guy, ha. uh, especially one that charges thirteen dollars for a side of chips. I saw on their on their menu, um, but I didn't know this reputation before this episode. It's not shocking to me. I, but I don't know been, if it's enough to like ruin his reputation altogether. I would have been less surprised if they had said like the Kuji Bay Hotel, something like that, which has a more defined reputation, I would say, right. as one right. of these venues. If I can tell you, the first night that I lived officially in Sydney, me yeah. and my dad drove down in my 2007 or 6 Hyundai Getz to Sydney together. And I was living in Maroubra at this time, and Dad said, let's go to my old stomping ground, the Coogee Bay Hotel. Wow. Okay. I didn't know yeah. a thing about this. He lived here in the 1970s, and I was like, right. okay, I sounds was gonna great. Kind of a different, kind of a different world back then. Super know. different world. And the reason that we know that is because we were not allowed into the Coogee Bay Hotel because my dad was wearing thongs. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got to have you've got to have a certain level of attire. To, a certain uh, level of attire, a certain level of at this point probably tribal tattoo. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You need to you need to reek of some kind of cologne. Yes. Um, yes. It's uh, it yeah. It's a real. It's a real. Um, it's, it's a location a for a type, and the Kuji Pav maybe is like the elevated version of that or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um. Okay, that's the A-boy of the week. We agree it's Joshy and we won't be talking about him again. <laughs> Huge congratulations to Joshy for being well the done, best Joshy. boy this week. Um, I have an F-boy of the week. I can talk about it now, but I think it may make more sense when we get to it. Um, uh, I have an F-boy of the week also. Okay, maybe I'll just gently kiss my F-boy on, uh, on the cheek and then we'll I'll dive back into it later. If you okay. would like to get into your F-boy at the start. F-Boy of the Week. Yeah, look, this week, my F-Boy of the Week is none other than Darcy. Right. Okay. Interesting. All right. So we need to ground this in a little bit of context, which is that Darcy is one of Ziara's boys, Mm -hmm. and he has been barking up this tree for weeks now to little avail. Mm. Darcy also continues to give confessionals in this T-shirt that in his ITMs, he looks like he is wearing intergalactic vomit. <laughs> you know, there's just something yeah. going on here where I just think that, that Darcy might be not only an F-boy, but like wrong in so many ways. Yeah, I, I, I've taken exception to Darcy in watching him on this show. Yeah, The thing, though, that makes him my F-boy of the week is not the incident, 
in oh. which he took his chicken nuggets and went home. Well, he didn't just take them and went home. He, he went postal, but we'll, we'll That's get That's true. To that. Okay, yes. okay. So Darcy asks Ziara on one of these dates, mm-hmm. what is your five-year plan? Yeah. And Xavier, what did we just talk about in terms of this being a dating show? Right. Rather right. than a romance or like marriage show. Yeah, it's he's 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 he hasn't understood the um remit, you know? He doesn't get the assignment. Like Darcy right. is here being like what's your five year plan? He mm. is acting as if he is on the bachelor, which tells me that he totally. completely misunderstands the premise of the show and is trying to be uh, he's what, playing a he, role. what he thinks a nice guy would be this in is very smart. doing so, like giving himself away. Mm. If that wasn't enough for you, later in the episode, Darcy does bring Ziara a bunch of chicken nuggets because she says that she loves deep fried chicken. Mm-hmm. And then when all of the other boys sort of start seagulling him, start getting in there, Mm. He cracks the shits, he throws them away, and then he has a big sook about it. So Chuck's a big tanty. Yeah, look, we'll talk a little bit more about Darcy when I assume it comes time for the boys' club. But uh, for the moment, I think it's important, listeners, for you to know that Darcy is my... Oh, fuck! F-boy of the week. Davey, who's your F-boy of the week? Okay, so my, my F-boy of the week is Clay. We just mentioned Clay. Oh, interesting. And Clay barely plays a role role in these episodes, but he does do something that I think is is you know, something emerges, something is revealed about him that I just think is like oh. <laughs> uh, it's pretty well, egregious. I can say he's he's been hiding a secret girlfriend, and I think, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um so let's let's get a wriggle on. But, you know, you don't want to be hiding a secret girlfriend if you go on. Very, that. very hard thing for you to be doing on a show called F-Boy Island. Yeah. Um, but anyway, okay. So episode five is predicated around, before we get to the chicken nugget stuff, before we, you know, before all that, it's predicated around a talent competition. Mm. And uh, Abby introduces us and she proclaims that it is called... If you show me yours, I'll show you mine, the talent show. And so it is this segment to which I am proudly presenting a new award, which I'm calling the inaugural Bachelor of Hearts segment that doesn't need a name award for the F-Boy Island segment that didn't need a name. Wait, Xavi, <laughs> you got through that whole spiel. <laughs> I did spring that on you. Without once mentioning to me. That this could be a segment for which we would need <laughs> an obligatory segment sting. It's it's important, I think, that we uh, we we correct that e- egregious wrong. It is impossible to me that you got through all of that without saying, Max Quinn, did you pre-prepare a sting for this segment? And before you even before you even answer me, I'm just going to show you what's what. It's the inaugural Bachelor of Hearts segment that doesn't need a name award for the F-Boy Island segment that also didn't need a name. Jesus fucking Christ, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> oh my God, Max, you've done so well. Holy shit. Thank you so much. I really put a lot of effort into that one. Is this segment any good? It's kind of, kind of crazy. This, <laughs> Is this segment what? good? Please continue. 
Well, I'm not just talking about our segment. Obviously, this segment of our podcast is going to be very good. I'm just talking about this talent show. A little bit of a standard reality TV show go-to, in my opinion, right? Definitely a reality TV show go-to and a hit for me instead of a miss because none of these men are talented and this show was not afraid to make light of it. Yes, I do like that the show is making fun of them for not having talent. I think I, I noticed a dip in the energy because I was like, I... Like they are presenting these men to be to me as an entertainment product, and mm. I am not being entertained by them right now. <laughs> you know, so let me I'll run you through a few of the things that we see here. I do I wanna say that the uh the male entertainers, the the magic mics of the bunch, the you know, probably strippers, but not described that way yes. specifically, um, are like really good. Like they're good at what know. they do. Yeah. Um, I don't wanna put them down and I also think like pretty great you know as far as i my knowledge of this world uh but like benny is first he does a roast which is not funny there's no good jokes there benny's not funny can we talk about benny for a second yes is benny funny is the big question i think it's time that we reveal what we know about benny oh sure okay so what do we know about benny i'm i'm now drawing a blank so benny has been on reality tv before that's right. Yes. We, how did, oh, I can't even remember how this came up now. I feel like I'm not crediting someone. It's hard to say, but this came upon our desks a couple of weeks ago where someone sent us a link and thank you to whoever it was to Benny appearing on a TV show last year called First Dates that aired on Channel 10. You know what this was? I can now reveal that I was browsing the newly created and swiftly abandoned F Boy Australia subreddit. Oh, sorry, F Boy Island Australia subreddit, which has like three monthly, I'm sorry, like three active users in total, I think, and none of them are me somehow. Wow. So, um, what happened is that Benny professed on his first dates episode to the bartender. This is a show where basically you go on a date. That's the whole premise of the show. Right. Uh, and there's a bartender who's sort of like, elicits information from you. And Benny says to the bartender that he has never been on a first date before. Wow. That's pretty wild. It is not a clearer harbinger that someone is an F-boy than being a 31-year-old DJ who has never been on a date before. Yeah. I would say with like... Yeah, with with limited exceptions, um, the fact that he's never had a date like, he doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. He's not giving I, incel, is the thing. Right, exactly. He's not giving, like, um, was locked in a basement for his entire life. 100%. Like, and obviously, we want to extend our deepest sympathies to people who have been locked in their basements for their entire lives and have never had a date. But yeah, and thanks again for listening. And that is actually a, a, probably our biggest demographic. But we do want to say that Benny, I think, clear harbinger of an F-boy. And to make it worse, Sophie has been talking up how funny Benny is for a number of episodes. And when he gets an opportunity to test his medal against the rest of the boys, against Abby, against the girls and the audience at home, mm-hmm. boy, does he fall flat on his brick face. This type of guy, and I hate to talk in generalizations or whatever, but like the British lad or whatever... The this, cheeky you know, boy. This archetype should be funny. Like, I don't... Uh, and maybe he's being funny and it's just not being captured. I want to allow for that. He could be an absolute stitch up when you get in a room with him. Maybe it's an energy thing that's not translating on camera. But I'm just like, 
I, I actually don't know what the excuse is for this roast to be not good. Right. Is it, is it zero preparation time? Is it, exactly. You know, I feel like the library was open and, you know, he, he didn't have a card. You know? This is it. The whole thing about the this archetype of like the cheeky British boy, if we think about our friend Patty Collier from a couple of years ago on sure. the on The Bachelor and The Bachelor in Paradise, like you're supposed to be quick on your feet. And yeah. Benny has not been. Yeah. I think he's like they want him there to inject a little bit of that like Love Island UK sort of energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that every boy on Love Island UK has a good energy or anything like that. But um, yeah, he's just not quite coming together for me. I'm glad you agree. Um, do we, we don't have a segment bumper for guy who is just not really hitting. Guy who is just not really <laughs> Maybe one okay. to think about for next week. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of a, um, we'll have yeah, a bit of a think about that. Unfortunately, we, we're going to be playing that segment like 15 times an episode. Okay, tell me about some of the other talents. What did you okay. observe? Um, Nick has written a song, but he plays an acoustic guitar and he doesn't even attempt to sing. Like it's I'm, so bad. I'm not even insulting the guy. He literally does not try to sing. He says the words, which I just think, like, can, can we please, like, what is that to you? What do you think? He's not like speak singing like he's doing Chicka Cherry Cola or something. He's right, like, exactly. Yeah, it's not. It's not that either. He's not right. doing like a latter day Weezer, like you know those songs where Rivers just kind of talks, raps or whatever. Talk yeah. singing, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like this isn't that. It's also such a far cry from what I think is one of the worst performances of this ilk that has been aired on reality TV. Which do you remember? Carlin sang that song to Angie oh, Kent yeah. at the start yeah. of The Bachelor. Which that like, was really was- bad. It was sung, but it was like, it was too, I think maybe it was too emotional for its content, maybe? That's right. It was the first episode they'd just met and he'd already written her a song, the much in the same way as like- overblown. Right, exactly. Overblown. Uh, uh, look, we've seen this go At wrong least so many we, times. We've talked about McCain-Reed a lot of times. <gasps> the, the you, That's you, the you, only me. time that it's gone right. Honestly, like, we make fun of it, but like, it is, it is not taking itself too seriously. It's mm-hmm. like- wouldn't it be nice if I crooned a little something for you? Kind of bad, but like he's not under any delusion that this is, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I Mac guess at least a... was tuneful and uh, knew his opportunity and and understood the moment. Yeah. On a similar um, uh, level, let's talk about this guy who I've never seen before, but his name is Ben. Oh, this is the guy we were talking about. No, it's yeah, not. The drummer there's Ben? A ben and a Benny. He's yep. a drummer. And I there's guess. a Josh and a Joshy. I absolutely shouldn't use the word drummer though, because like he tries to play the drums. He's a he drama. plays the drums. Yeah, he plays the drums like um, oh, which woman was it? He's no Jed McIntosh, you know. He's no Jed. That's right. Like if you think about like your year eight music class, and there was a kid who was a drummer supposedly, and then it came time to perform, and maybe he fell apart a little bit. This is me in year eight learning the drums, and yes. And- Going into the music room at lunchtime and there being a kid who actually played the drums and took drum lessons and stuff, who was playing great drums, and I would come in and be like, can I please try the drums? And yes. then I would do approximately exactly what what we hear from Ben here. And then the other kid who actually played the drums would go, for fuck's sake. You know? Get off. Stop <laughs> yeah. it. Right. Yes. But the other question I have is, why are there drums here? Oh, on an like, island? I... I 
Uh, yeah, uh, or just like on set. You know what I mean? Like at mm. least with, with The Bachelor, it made sense because Jed was a drummer, could play drums and therefore might have brought drums along so he could stay in good shape and practice and stuff, right? I think they've flown them in specifically for this segment. Someone's gone to oh, Billy Hyde talent? Music and hired a kit for this. God, yeah. I mean, I guess that's probably the most likely thing because I'm like, either either Ben should be better at drums or someone else should be really good at drums, you know? And if that's the case, we don't see it. Drums were probably rented specifically for this, which I, mm-hmm. I think is like, Ben's got to get, maybe that's why Ben gets cut out of the edit. Cause they cost him a couple, he cost them a couple of hundred bucks renting out a drum I kit. And then more. this was all Rent out could. a drum kit for a day, maybe a thousand dollars. Could be. Yeah. Hard to say. Um, very strange. Uh, I, we learn, I guess Vernon can ride a unicycle. Hey. Hey, we're look, getting into ripe territory here. We certainly, yeah, we'll, we'll have some things to say about Vernon. Uh, Isaiah recites a poem that he's written. <sighs> this sucked. Yeah, I was like, and so he wins, right? Isaiah um, wins the talent contest for a poem that is bad. The poem is actively bad. The poem begins with, quote, hear thee, hear thee, which, one, don't start a poem with hear ye, hear ye, but two, it's not hear thee. It's and definitely he not. Messes up the execution of saying it. He's like, "My name is Isaiah." Oh, my, uh, I'm my name is I. Like you know, it do, it doesn't go very well. It's and I right, like right. Isaiah. Oh, look, I think Isaiah is great, but he's not exactly doing he he you friends and Romans countrymen, is he? <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. He uh, he ends up winning. It's just the the whole thing is very weird. Very weird. Yeah. Segment. It's so odd. I still believe. In Isaiah, I'll say that, mm-hmm. but this was not right. No, um, I will say, just as a general rule, it is always funny, as far as I'm concerned, when um, people hold up numbers when they're judging something. That's great. It's really good. It's very That's red like, faces. People talk a lot about like it's always funny when you see people piled up in a trench coat, like little kids yep. trying to get into a movie. People always people say it's always funny in Philadelphia. <laughs> people are often saying that. That's true. Mm. Um, I think underrated is people holding up a big card that says like 9.0 or whatever. And uh, Agreed. That's why the movie Babe is a modern masterpiece. Um, <laughs> okay, that brings to an end that segment. Um, Isaiah ends up winning. He gets a bit of alone time. We, we won't really have too much time to talk about it. I have a segment that I would like to introduce. Okay, interesting. Are you interested? I'm interested in what you're about to say to me. Yeah, because sometimes I'll start launching into these kinds of things and then you'll sort of interrupt me and you'll go, Xavier, I can't believe you would launch into this without allowing me to play some kind of stinger or something like that. And I really don't want something like that to happen. Okay. Yeah. Um, So you've just said the word okay and now it feels like it's my turn to talk. So I'm just going to keep saying some stuff Mm. about this new segment. Um, Well... This is a, a new, new segment, segment. Did you say? Yeah. Whoa. This is, oh. <laughs> Sorry. You no. have created a new segment on this show. Yeah, I thought it would be nice. Is that a problem? Am I in trouble? And you have said to me, I've created a new segment on this show without giving me as much as an opportunity to create a new piece of audio to introduce this segment properly to the audience? Yeah. How are we expected, me and the audience, to understand what is going on here? 
Listeners, hello. This segment is... Um, hang on, I'm just reading it off my phone. Xavier said that this segment is supposed to be called... F-Boy Island Droids Dream of Electric Sheep. Which one of these men do I suspect is actually a robot? All right. Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like Islandroids, but yeah, you know, you get it. Oh, Islandroids. Yeah, F-Boy Islandroids Dream of oh, Electric Sheep. Oh, I get it. Well, yeah, you, of course you get it. You created that stinger for it. It makes yep. perfect sense. Of course, of course. Please continue. So, yes, this is the segment for which one of the men I suspect is actually a robot. And I would like to talk to you about a gentleman that you've already mentioned by the name of Darcy. Yes, yes, my F-boy of the week. Let's go. That's right. So, look, there there may not be a huge difference between uh, F-boy and the robot. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> F-boy. You're listening to F-boy or the robot. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So Darcy's talent show performance Is reading dad jokes off a piece of paper He is holding a piece of paper And he reads things off them And the jokes are not good But also there's no attempt to hide the fact That he's reading them off a piece of paper And he reads things off the piece of paper Such as quote I don't trust staircases They're always up to something this to me feels like, have you ever asked Siri to tell you a joke? Yeah. You know, have you ever asked Alexa or something like that? Yeah. And they're like, uh, here is a joke for you. You know, <laughs> she she will oblige, but you will feel nothing. Right. Uh, he, he also decides that he needs to make a grand gesture, as we said, to get Ziara's attention back on him. And the option he lands on is getting her chicken nuggets. We haven't talked about this yet, but earlier in the episode, Caleb... Knocks on the door of the place where the women are staying, and he says, "I heard you want some chicken or whatever." And he brings mm. them. We'll talk more about this. Is what I'm saying. But anyway, so that happens, and then Darcy goes, "I have sensed a pattern. I will copy the behavior. I will expect the same result. I will feed the womb. The womb requires poultry." <laughs> <laughs> Poultry plus oil plus woman equals romance. <laughs> I think, yeah, he 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 is. He, his understanding of the human race is similar to like when we go to the zoo and we go like, I will be able to get this animal to come closer to me by holding food in front of it. That's right. And I think, That's, yeah, you know, Lord. he is. He is. Uh, he has seen that. Uh, the the chicken thing will work, and so he tries to do that. But then, when he sees that Corey has brought her some hot chips, yeah, before he can get the chicken nuggets to her, the other men, you know, try and take a few of the nuggets for themselves, like you said, does not an, compute. An error message pops up, right? He's yeah. like, "Potato detected in chicken feeding <laughs> process." Whatever, you know. And he goes into a meltdown. He throws them across the backyard. And, like, this moment, I can't even call this F-boy behavior. It doesn't really have a huge amount to do with sex, as far as I'm concerned. It's, oh, somewhat. He just, like, a little bit. But to me, I'm just like, this is a guy who needs to be sent off for repairs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why he is my F-boy Islandroid dream of electric sheep. Max, did you have one for this category? No, I didn't have one for this category. I'd like to continue talking about Darcy, because this tantrum that he throws... Yes. 
is so fantastic yeah. for reality TV because the stakes are so low. Well, they're not stakes. They're actually just little nuggets of chicken. <laughs> he cannot handle the idea that someone else, firstly, might have beat him to the punch in Caleb, mm-hmm. and secondly, that Corey might have also been like, what if I offer food to the womb? Right. You know, like right. this part of it is uh, beyond my comprehension because it shows it shows how easily Darcy can be rattled. Yes, and yeah. the absolute last thing that you would want to do on this show as either a nice guy or an F-boy is show a lack of composure. And we see it a little bit later from Nick. I am sure that we'll talk about it. Oh, yes. But in this circumstance in particular, watching Darcy just lose his fucking mind that mm. Ziara could not be interested in his chicken nuggets or be interested in his chicken nuggets but someone else and he's being gently razzed by the other boys. Yeah. Like, it just made me feel like, grow up, fucker. Yes. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Time to update the iOS or whatever, the firmware. Right. Yeah, yeah. We are multiple iPhones ago at this point. Right. Darcy right. is an outdated model and his battery life is running fucking short. <laughs> it's gone to shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose this this leads in pretty well to my um, my next segment, which is going to be the boy that was just floating on by this week. Because uh, I, I just mentioned him and I feel like th- this happens earlier in the episode, but I, I think we, we need to talk about it in a segment that we call Boy Island. Now... I did make a sting for this last week, uh-huh. and we forgot to play it, and now I have forgotten what it sounds like. So we are both great going to get to bask in this for the first time, along with you, dear listener. Boy of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I did see as you were loading it up on the uh, share screen thing that it ha- has the smallest file size of any of them. Uh, <laughs> so, what a treat. Show up at sweet. Great stuff. Boy of the week. As far as I'm concerned, and this is, it's kind of weird to be putting him in this category. I did not expect that I would be putting him in this category. The Caleb conti- is just sort of like bouncing. This is the thing, right? It continues to be quite jarring as far as I'm concerned that despite saying some unbelievably misogynistic stuff on the first episode. She ain't got episode, good pussy as far as I remember. I think the women aren't fully aware of exactly what he said at this point. It's been yeah. sort of reported to them that he said something bad, but I don't think they know uh, how specifically misogynistic and also like, like wrong, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's plenty, of, there's plenty of problems. Hey, with, <laughs> there's plenty of problems with this situation. I don't, I hope we don't have to convince our listeners of that. Um, but it, it, we keep, we keep getting these quite tonally bizarre like ITMs from Ziara saying, you know, Caleb's making all the right moves. Um, what he does is is he sources some chicken burgers for Ziara and the other women, and that sort of seems to earn him a pass for yet another week. Uh, and in fact, it makes him look really good in comparison to the other big stoush. You know, like as the first person to do this week, suddenly it becomes this incredibly thoughtful act of genuine kind, heroism. beautiful gesture. And critically, he does not throw the chicken burgers away into a nearby bush. Yeah, yeah. He sort of throws them onto a plate and then passes them gently to to all three women. Which it's a much better approach, I think. Really separates the F men from the F boys, really. <laughs> you know? Um, my, my favorite part of this segment, which is how we sort of begin episode five, is that Sophie 
is playing this perfectly, looking basically right down the barrel of the camera lens as she's sitting there with a burger in front of her. She says, it's such a big effort. It's such a long way to get this food on this island. Really well done. Thank you, Sophie. Because as we talked about last week, this is just like a a well-populated sort of resort destination in in New South Wales, sort of near the coast. I'm sorry, near the uh, the border, um, not far from the Gold Coast. Um, I typed in the address of the mansion where they're shooting this into Uber Eats. You did? Uh, Yeah. I just thought, you know, what could you get? And it turns out I found what is probably the cafe that they got the like four cups of cold brew and chicken burgers from. And it's like 20 minutes away. Uh, Okay. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like the standard amount of time you wait for Uber Eats most places. Um, There's a Hungry Jack's about 30 minutes down the road. Um, There's plenty of options. Also, they're at a like resort in a resort destination. Surely there is a kitchen. They have to have catering for the crew, for Mm -hmm. everyone who's there. Uh, very funny to me. Look, AC I, is a uh, Abby Chatfield is an Uber Eats spokeswoman now. Oh, we right. would assume that this has come free of charge. <laughs> You're probably right. She's probably got some kind of gold card. Do you have a boy island for me, Max Quinn? My boy island is a man who I don't even know if he is still on the show. okay great we normally have uh 10 play or you know like some kind of website where they are keeping track they're graying out the little pictures of the the people on the show or something when they get voted off here it's just we're we're flying free we're trying to figure this stuff out trying to figure out if this man is even still on the show we've talked about him earlier in the episode but i have no fucking idea if he was sent home if he is still there i don't know what the situation is his name Uh is josh he is 25, <laughs> and he is a bodybuilder with a wolf tattoo on his wrist. Yeah, yeah. He he is maybe the prototypical boy island. Is he as, on as this show? Learning. I believe he's still there, and I think he even survives this this entire week of episodes, if Whose I'm not mistaken. Whose cohort does he fall into? I have no idea. I don't know if he's ever been in the bottom two, either. I think he, no. they may have quite literally forgotten that he's there. He is the ultimate floater. Yeah, um, that's a great pick. I, I like that. I would love to say anything else about Josh. Uh, I don't know anything else about I Josh. I do not know a single thing about Josh. We got to move on. All right. It's time. We, we've talked about some some bad boys. We talked about some very smart machines. <laughs> we've talked about <laughs> some, uh, some people we barely noticed. It's time to talk about something clever. Something yeah. bright. Something... Yep. Uh, I'm going to I'm I'm going to fuck up the segment with my choice but it's okay. We're going to talk about the smartest move of the week in a segment that we call Boy Genius. I'm worried that you think that you're going to fuck this segment up this week because <laughs> I think that I'm going to fuck this segment up this Ooh, week. Anyway. Okay, great. Let's hear it. Boy Genius. Davey, tell me who made the smartest move of the week on F-Boy Island in these two episodes? Okay. Uh, I've kind of taken the cowardly choice and decided that the smartest move was made by the producers of the show. Oh! <laughs> I know! Oh! I know. I'm yeah. sorry. Max, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm looking, I'm looking hard when I put these together. I'm thinking, who made a good move this week? 
I would love for you to tell me okay. who it is and how I'm wrong. Let me make my case for the boy who I think made a series of incredibly smart moves this week. Uh-huh. That boy's name is Vernon. Oh, I thought. Okay. All right. That's that's very interesting. Cuz I they're definitely moves. They're absolutely moves. Yes. This this young man is playing the fucking game. Yep. To, to a... I think he's doing so well at it also. He is taking calculated risks, mm-hmm. but he is also playing the game in really subtle ways. So we'll get to the big thing in our next segment. But I want to just spotlight two little things that I think make Vernon our boy genius of the mm-hmm. week. Okay. The first thing is the unicycle. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm listening. Unlike everybody else <laughs> yeah. in that talent show, Vernon's talent is a genuine talent. I, look, that's true. And it was a surprise to learn that he could do that. A huge surprise. It's also funny. It uh-huh. makes him affable to the women. And it shows that he has great balance in the area <laughs> where you need great balance. Sure. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, he does also do the um, wet ass pussy, like, but, like the th- like hump yeah. on the ground sort of move while in a clown costume. And that's pretty good. If you it's ask re- me. I thought it was really funny. I was yeah. in on Vernon from that moment. But the moment that sold me was this one. Okay. It was not that Darcy so much threw a tantrum as it was that Vernon baited him into Mm. a tantrum. Mm. Vernon has no interest in Darcy. Darcy is not one of uh, Molly's boys, but Vernon spots a nugget and he also (laughs) spots an opportunity to send this man over the edge. And what he does is walk up and without even asking, he helps himself. Yeah. And in my opinion, that is such a fantastic, <laughs> such a fantastic play. It is so subtle oh. in the way that he is sending Darcy, a man who I think he has also correctly identified as an F-boy robot, mm-hmm. right over the edge. An F-bot. And that, I think, an F-bot, right, exactly, F-bot island. <laughs> this... This is the spot for me. Like, yeah. I was so impressed by Vernon That's a really doing good this. And we'll talk about a little bit later his uh, his choice, okay? Yes. But his choice has ramifications, and those ramifications include a confrontation with the man that we know that is a nice guy, mm-hmm. and that is Nick. Mm. In this interaction, Vernon is again impeccable. Everything that Nick says to him, Nick is so clearly flustered. Vernon identifies Nick as a man who is flustered and he gives him nothing. He is kind-ish. He is, like, I think he is just like, there is, you can't discredit Vernon for Mm. his interaction. Maybe kind is a step too far, Mm. but, like, what is happening here is that Vernon gives Nick nothing. And in giving him nothing, he rubs Nick entirely the wrong way. Yeah. Like, he sets Nick up to fail as well in much the same way as he has done Darcy by mm. just being so soft to the touch, you know? Mm. Uh, in addition to being a uh, clit tickler, he is 
self-identified, let's say. Sure, yes, uh, quote, quote, unquote. Also, uh, a little tickler of these men's egos, and it's really working for me. I think that mm. Vernon is the boy genius of the week for that reason. I may not fully agree, but I really like the take. So, Xavier, you gave your boy genius award this week to the producers. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'd like to know more about what has caused you to make this mistake. Okay. So, at first, the reappearance of Nick, who, of course, we talked about this last week. We talked about it in the last episode. Nick's back. He's a nice guy. Molly knows that he's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be weirdly well received by the other men. Like, it's just no problem. Uh, it's compared favorably to the arrival of the intruders for some reason, even though... It should be a huge problem. Right. It felt to us like it should be much, much more concerning. Um, weirdly, it's not much of a topic of conversation for a lot of episode five. Even as Nick gets a second date with Molly, he's the first of Molly's girls to get a second date. In a way... Molly's girls? Oh. All I right. That's, I, I said it, and I'll stick with it. Um this this had me concerned that they just weren't going to deal with it at all, right? Mm, I, mm. If anything, like maybe I enjoyed episode five less because the entire time I was like, "But what are you like? Wh- what are you doing about the Nick thing? Like, please, I I get it. The chicken nuggets thing is great. Tell me more about the Nick thing. I need you to talk about the Nick thing. All I've been able to think about for seven days straight is the fucking Nick thing. But then, just a couple of minutes into episode six, it all kicks off. Justin, Isaiah, and the mustachioed newcomer Vernon have been invited to the women's house. And as Vernon and Molly relax on the couch, he posits that she's just going to pick Nick at the end since she knows he's a nice guy. Love this. I'm loving it. I'm slapping my thigh. I'm going, they're doing it. Boy genius. Maybe. So Vernon then is defined in opposition to Nick as the sexy, dangerous, dark horse, you know? (laughs) With a mullet and a mustache. It's so (laughs) fucking funny. It is funny, isn't it? He sets himself up as the dangerous one. He's so smart. He's the Alex Nation to Nick's Nicky Gogan. Yes. Nicky Nicky. And then under the auspices of going to Molly's room to look at some photos of her family... We watch Molly close the door on the cameras, and then we're treated to some very, very raunchy audio, where it is strongly implied that they make out and then do a bit more than that. Right. In fact, we hear Vernon say, quote, I actually love my best thing is going down on someone. And then we hear him say, quote, it's going to get hot and sweaty under here, but I'll see you soon. And the the background music features lyrics like, quote, if you like me, you got to go down for me, down south, down south. Uh, this, this is not my boy genius move of the week, even though I'm talking about it within the boy genius category. Um, in this, this is context. This is context, right? Uh, in this moment, as if this weren't enough, uh, you know, in the heat of passion, we hear him whisper, you're fucking amazing, and I fucking regret coming on as an F-boy. This is so good. It's it's crazy. I really want to emphasize just quickly that this is the first time that I have ever seen female pleasure be emphasized in this way on TV. That's true. I, th- it's, it's a little more comical than I, I think it needs to be. Yes. But- you're right in the sense that, like, that is still a taboo 
yeah. in basically every like form of media. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. I remember that being a big part of the like um, bizarre like hype cycle or you know uh, discourse around "Don't Worry, Darling," which right? Is also a film that has its fair share of problems and and discourse and stuff. But uh, you know, it's it, it this stuff still makes people uncomfortable. It makes people you know, which is insane. For bizarre reasons, but yes, the, uh, this is boundary-breaking mm. in its own way. You know what I mean? In a um, non-Sex in the City, HBO kind of like MA15 plus way, this is a reality TV show in Australia where uh, weed is not legal and mm. the media is so conservatively to cultivate an audience that is old emphasizing the pleasure of a woman and i think that that fucking rules yes i agree um and then also this is this is coupled with this revelation this this rule break this absolute punch through the fourth wall uh this you know which boggles the mind i was truly gobsmacked by it um bizarrely he, the way that he justifies this in the moment, you know, because Molly is quite taken aback to hear him reveal this. Obviously, he's not meant to give this information away. Right. Um, he's certainly not meant to be, like, recorded saying it or whatever. Like, it truly grinds the show to a halt, even more so. He's, he's like, picked at the scab that was opened up last episode and uh, uh, an entire leader of blood has come gushing out this is a weirdly right. gross episode my metaphors are very body <laughs> horror i don't know um no continue the, the, did it get infected yeah absolutely yeah yeah there's like a fungus growing out of it Yeah, he's got staff <laughs> the justification that he gives when molly is like you're not serious are you actually are you kidding like and he he says if i if i i had to tell you because if i didn't like you i would play the shit out of you which is a frankly insane thing to say. It's awful. It's hideous. But it also, I can't justify it. I can't understand why he would feel the urge to say that, particularly in that very intimate setting. Yeah. I think that he thinks that it goes towards his case of being genuine. Of being genuine and trustworthy, yeah. Yes. Of being like, you're not like the other girls. Sure, sure. Here's what I think. It's my interpretation. You know, it's my opinion. It's my it's my version of events that having Vernon do this was a production choice. Oh. Okay. Now, I don't have a conspiracy corner sting, but it is nice <laughs> that we are visiting. Yes, of course. It's it's never too far away. Basically, I feel like the people who make this show realized that they fucked up or that the show has become fucked up now that there is a known nice guy in the pack. We talked a lot about it last week that this blew up the show. We couldn't figure out the best way through it, right? We we tossed around a lot of ideas. A lot of we ways to fix this. tried to figure it out. We did not predict that this would happen. And I'm thinking that they thought they could balance, they could manage the situation by balancing the scales, right? So if we isolate this problem just within Molly's already tainted pool of men, Mm. 
I mean, they're all tainted in various ways or whatever. Okay. I think they thought, we can keep a lid on this thing, you know? And uh, it, is, it is our ticket out of this mess because now there are suddenly stakes again, right? It becomes this thing of like, will an F boy come good? Is she, she's choosing, because we know these are her two front runners anyway. Right. So they're, think, they're, they're thinking we need to create an equally possible and equally interesting choice for her because if this thing is just, it has to be this one person, there's no story left. Now they've balanced it out. It means it means there's a there's a there's a chance for the show to keep working. But what I didn't expect is that it just keeps building. Snowballs. It's really good. We are eleven minutes into the episode at this point. But I have to give this my boy genius move of the week. And it's I mean, it's a slight technicality in the sense that there's no proof <laughs> indicating that this was a producer choice. But in, in this hypothetical, which you know, hopefully I've uh, persuaded one or two people uh, that that's that's the smartest thing. I mean, look, it, there's no denying this is one of the fucking biggest reality moments. It's great we've talked about, right? It's such an incredible reality moment for him to reveal himself as an f boy, as the kind of man that she is not looking for, and for that to work in such a bizarre way that it endears him, yeah, yeah. Vernon to Molly. Just, just extraordinary. It creates a whole new set of stakes. It's really, really, really good. It's like, imagine if you were watching the TV show The Mole, right? And the (laughs) whole idea is to figure out who's the mole. And the mole said to one of the people on the show, I'm the mole. Yeah. And they were like, cool. Yeah. It's like if you were watching, it's like if you were watching the TV show, um, The Weakest Link. Yeah. And... One of the, you know, they're all crowded around. There's 15 yeah. of them or whatever. They're answering questions. Mm. And one of them goes, hey, I'm the weakest link. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're watching the TV show The Block. And yep. one of them was like, <laughs> guess who The Block is. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's like me, you're baby. watching the TV show Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. Someone said, I'm, it's me. That's Come me. Come to the diary yeah. room. It's like if you're watching the TV show The Simpsons. Yep. And one of them was like, I'm the Simpsons. Oh, shit. I don't know how you would get out of that situation, but maybe maybe it is a boy genius, you've convinced me sufficiently, mm-hmm. move of mm-hmm. the week for mm-hmm. the producers to create hypothetically in this conspiratorial scenario, <laughs> a situation in which Vernon would reveal himself as an F-boy. Yes. Yeah, so, so later at the mixer, Vernon and Molly kiss, and they are just barely hiding behind a couch cushion. Um, which is quite funny because they're not really hiding, are they? No, not at all. And it's in full view of Nick. We talked about this confrontation. It leads leads Nick to come up and and you know face off against uh, Vernon. The mood's pretty yucky, in my opinion. I like this less than you. It felt just like bros being bros a little bit. It, it sucks. Like it sucks from both sides. I just think that Vernon did really well in this interaction, whereas Nick showed his ass. Yeah. There's this, there's this, what I felt was a pretty crammed in little ITM where Molly says, quote, Nick and Vernon are opposites. One is the epitome of nice guy and one is the epitome of F boy, which like I can sense I, in, in a way, I feel like this supports my argument that they need to define these two people as opposites, even though yes. in this moment where they are facing off against one another, they couldn't really seem more similar to me. They this is the moment like where F-boys. I'm like, 
it's a mirror, you know? Yeah. Um, like one of them has said bros before hoes and the other one has admitted that he's an F boy after going down on her. Yeah. Like they are one in the same. There's not really that much in it. Yeah. They also, uh, they encourage us to use the hashtags, hashtag team Nick and hashtag team Vernon. I don't know if you spotted this. This is just an attempt to be like cool and modern and stuff. Um, at, at the time of recording, I um, was able to uh, find one tweet from the past week for hashtag Team Vernon. Mm. Um, and the only ones for hashtag Team Nick seem to be about the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> so we can assume that Vernon wins and that I am justified in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I guess you're right. By a score of one to nothing. Okay. Uh, it's time for another segment. Just out of curiosity, did anyone uh, tag their tweet? Team producers, did you see that? <laughs> you know, I haven't checked. But let me have a look. Mm. <laughs> let this be the deciding vote. <laughs> you know what's crazy? There's one, uh, and it's the rest of the text says Xavier was right, <laughs> and it's from the Boh pod. <laughs> That's crazy. That's really wild. So I guess you look, shit. We're equally uh, correct. Um, okay. Here is it's time for another segment. This is I did not think this segment would come up. I mentioned probably three, maybe five times last week that I didn't think this segment would come back up. And of course, again. this segment is back. This is my award for why did they have to censor this in a segment that I call Bleep Boy Island? Boy of the Week. That's really similar to one of those other ones, isn't it? <laughs> it's hard to say. No it's hard shame. to say what's similar to what. All right. So I want to talk about this. Abby presents the three women with a laptop, which they can use to pick through the men's social media profiles to this uncover so all of their dirty little secrets. It's if Boy Allen meets Catfish. I love this. <laughs> it's so good. And like preloading this, you could not get away with this on Bachelor. You could not get away with this on a lot of shows. And... It, it is wonderful. This is a truly, truly great segment. Um, the men, uh, you know, after the women have had a chance to look through the profiles, the men are then put on blast in front of the entire cohort, at which point they will be able to try and make an excuse for themselves. And the women are then tasked with adjudicating whether or not this explanation is good enough by holding up an emoji on a stick to decide if they love the explanation with a cute you know, love heart eyes emoji, or as Abby puts it, if you're full of flies buzzing sound effect, and then if you're really full of you know what, you might end up in the doghouse. You can say shit, Abby. You can say shit. Abby, I'm giving you the official BOH pass. You're allowed to say Thank the you. S word. <laughs> um,. Ending up in the doghouse, though, that's that Channel 10 show where people adopt dogs, right? That's right, it is. That's, yeah. that's and it doesn't rate true. that well, which is which is a shame. So, they keep bringing yeah, it back. End up there. Bring back the real doghouse Australia, you know? Yeah. You know what? Actually, it does, it does keep getting brought back because I think they shoot it for, like, no money, basically. Of course. We learn a lot of interesting things on this segment. I think this is, this is the good version of the talent show, in a way. Mm. Um, basically, everything that comes to light is, like, pretty juicy. Um, for example, Vernon, uh, there's a photo of him with a black eye and he absolutely can't account for it at all. He's like, yeah, I, I don't, 
I don't remember. And one of the other men's like, oh, you get in so many fights, you don't even remember that one, huh? I think that was Pretty Nick. Good. It was very good. Like that a lot. The women find out that Sean, who has not been on the show a huge amount, but he was in the bottom two in episode three for not quite answering whether or not he'd cheated on a partner before. And also was the one who outed Caleb for saying the thing about the pussy. Oh, right. Interesting. Okay. In I, the first I episode. Yeah. So Sean, it turns out, was on another reality show. And while F-Boy Island can't reveal the details, a little bit of your patented XRN snooping reveals that Sean was an intruder on Channel 7's Heartbreak Island Australia in 2022. Oh! oh. Now, I don't know this show. I, I had missed the memo about it completely. I don't know anything about it. I did a small amount of Googling and I still couldn't really tell you what the difference is between that and Love Island, except that Love Island is a show that I've heard of and people watch. Yeah. Um, it could have, you know, I it could have done well. It's it's a Channel 7 show. They just seem to pass me by a lot of the time. Um, but one thing I did notice looking through the website for Heartbreak Island Australia is that last year's cast, it's funny, it's funny, Max, that you mentioned that you don't know anything about that. And like, I almost believe you. Um, but there, there was a man on this cast whose name is Max Bachelor. Oh, get fucked. So you've been rumbled. And in fact, I found out where you were for those few months last year. There was a period of like three months. Yeah. 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 Tell us about your experience. Okay. Look. This is not how I expected to reveal <laughs> that I was on... What did you say it was called? <laughs> it's called Heartbreak Island, Australia. Heartbreak Island, Australia. Yeah. But it was me. Yeah. In between the times of going through a really bad time. <laughs> oh, no. And moving through that time... I instead went on, what did you say it was called? (laughs) It's called Heartbreak Island. Heartbreak Island, Australia. That's right. Which was hosted by, as we all know. Exactly. That's right. Anyway, dating, going on dating shows with cash prizes two years running doesn't look super good. Doesn't go down too well. Not great. Uh, But (laughs) maybe the fuckedest thing. Maybe the fuckedest thing in an episode shock a block full of fucked things is a TikTok they find of Justin, who I believe, and I'm not putting you on blast here, but may have been your A-boy of the week earlier in the season. He was, that's correct. He was my A-boy in week one. Do you remember this TikTok that they find of him? Do you remember this little moment? It is described <sighs> as cringe, but to me it is it is beyond that. Uh, this is him. It's so You bad. say it. Look. This is is the funniest thing, in my opinion, that happens in either of these episodes. And it is just like, for me, I remember watching him and thinking, this man was my A-boy of the week once upon a time. Because we wanted to believe he is a nice guy in F-boy clothing, right? right? You know, he from the outside, you're like, well, I think I've made up my mind about this guy. And we wanted to believe you peel back that layer and there's something there. There's yeah. something real and genuine there. But I don't know if he went to France and studied under Marcel Marceau. Oh I don't God. know if he uh, 
you know, and not not in the not, not in the clown way, but just in you know the the I guess you call it object work. You know, the way that he creates a scene using only his gestures. Is his name is his name Wes Anderson? <laughs> just the fact that he's he's able to mime something. So well. He is invoking the great Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> yeah. In the way that I'm too embarrassed. I'm too embarrassed. What does he do? I'm too embarrassed well, he, that this was my A Boy of the Week. He mimes fingering someone. <laughs> he mimes like <laughs> licking his finger and then like <laughs> moving it in a certain type of way. Oh, you can see I was red enough. I was red enough already. That's that is true. just. Mm. Yeah. The the show is the show is bonkers. You know, when I talk to people about this show, I'm like, no, I'm telling you, you have to watch it. I don't want to so tell you why. Fucking you weird have and to so fucking good. watch this show. There is a man who fully gets into like the mime of fingering someone. It's not like he's not committing to the bit. No, he. Th- this is why I'm saying he trained. You know, like this is this is like. And he knows how to use his body. He's one of the men who is, who oh, is yeah. like a male entertainer. He's grinding you know. on one of the women, in fact, earlier in this episode. And again, I guess, I guess we're focusing on female pleasure. Like invisible female non-existent pleasure. Mm, like, is this actually progressive? It looks, it looks pleasurable to him also. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, he's not Goodness demonstrating gracious. that he's reluctant by by no. any means. He's, um, I would say, too aggressive mm. Mm. in the way that he is deriving pleasure from it for himself. Just deriving clicks from it? Clits. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good show, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like when I see my family and they ask how the podcast is going. Yeah. Um, yep. We also learned Corey is an actor. Oh, yeah, because he's not a basketball. He's not definitely not a basketball player. We've right. learned this from week one, episode one, because I fucking Googled it. There is no chance that Corey is a professional basketball player, as is listed on his Chiron. He is instead an actor, as it turns out, and that makes complete sense. Yeah, I would believe maybe he's studying for a role, like he's learning to be a basketball player or something, you know? Okay, he's Troy Bolton. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's like he's trying to get his head in the game. He's method. He's he's going deep into it. He's like, I'm gonna appear as a character on something else as a basketball player, so that yep. I can more accurately portray a basketball player in an upcoming project. Um, he says it. He didn't think it was relevant to mention that he is a working actor. You know, in commercials and in TV shows, Good in Lord. more stuff they could name feels kind of relevant. It does it does feel relevant considering that you are competing for money on a love show on TV. Yeah. And then this is where we also learn um Clay, the YouTuber slash dibber from last week. That's right. Uh they find a series of photos with Clay and a girl who he seems awfully close with, uh, including just a few weeks ago together arm in arm in Bali. Now he denies that she is his girlfriend, but they have slept together, but not for ages, he says, reassuringly. You it's know, been so- ages. It's been such a long time. Summoning as much sincerity and honesty as he can. 
And Sophie goes, okay, you know, benefit of the doubt. So like, not for example, like, you know, you've had sex with her, whatever. People have passed. No big deal. I have slept with people too. I'm a human adult. Anyway. But not in two um, years. Yeah. But like, it, it certainly wouldn't have been like three weeks ago in Bali, right? And he goes, well, we did. Actually, we did. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we actually did have sex three weeks ago in Bali. Yeah. Now that you mention it, I guess it ha- it has only been three weeks uh, since we had sex. And I lied about it. This is primo F-boy behavior, despite all the other shit going down this week. This is why I had to give him my award for F-boy of the week. Oh, fuck! F-boy of the week. Fantastic. Now, I can't disagree. Mm. I think that this is so fucked of Clay, who I really believed in as a YouTuber. I thought maybe this YouTube personality could turn out to be good despite... All of the evidence that has been presented to the contrary about almost every YouTuber who <laughs> I think I have Name ever a good seen. one. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Honestly. Um, just had to quickly do a mental check to see if we had a YouTube channel, but I don't think we do. We don't. We're we all don't. right. We're Phew. safe. Uh, nothing bad has ever happened with podcasters, right? No, 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 no. In fact, do you know, you should go on the website Bon Appetit. Oh, yeah. Good idea. I thought that's really good. Remember that guy who got fired from SNL for his podcast? Uh, Xavier, you should host Jeopardy. Yeah, I'd love to host Jeopardy. Wait, what? That would be really good. Nothing nothing bad ever happened to the man who hosted Jeopardy for a small while. I mean, he died. Oh, the other guy. The other man, (laughs) the man who replaced him. Alex Trebek's okay. He had the podcast called The Random Podcast, D-U-M-B. Yeah, whatever happened to that guy um, who hosted Fear Factor... I guess he still has a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. that that's been very successful over the years at all. No. All right. Uh, we're drawing to the close of this episode. I think it's time to talk about the boys who have left the show this fortnight. This fortnight. Okay. This Not fortnight. this fortnight. I was just thinking about what I'd rather be doing than hosting this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Zevi, uh, thank God that you have mentioned it because it is time that we pay visit to, uh, look, a little venue that we love to go to here on the BOH pod where it is time to uh, shake your groove thang. <laughs> who's in and who's out? Oh, what are you doing here? It's the boys club. Good to see you, mate. So, uh, episode five, Sophie Neck nominates tattooed Incruder. Incruder nominates. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful. Thank you so much. You know, I that went is... on. I went on the uh, Wikipedia page for Neck Nominate this week. Oh, um, that's so good because I I remembered the Neck Nominate and uh, it it had, the, it had there's a section of like cultural impact or like you know legacy or whatever. And mm. in that, they're like uh, may have indirectly led to the Ice Bucket Challenge. <laughs> Definitely. Without yeah. a doubt. Which, like, I didn't really oh. put those things together, but I'm like, it truly, you know, every generation has one, I guess, right? Oh, wait until Gen Z learns about neck nomination. Yeah. When was icing? Icing was a bit after neck nomination. Ice Bucket Challenge was, like, 2014. No, no, not Ice who... Bucket Challenge. I'm talking about icing, like, the with the Smirnoff ice. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, I think... Basically, Smirnoff found out about neck nomination and we're like, what if our brand had a branded version of that? Oh. And it's like, no, that's I think awful. if you make someone t- touch, a, if you can like t- 
touch them with it or if you can make them touch it or whatever, then they have to skull the whole thing, I think was the oh idea. Oh, my God. Imagine a brand being like, what if we associate ourselves with binge drinking? <laughs> it is so knowing, I suppose, of Smirnoff, but at the same time, Jesus Christ. Yes. Sophie Neck nominates Tattooed Intruder Chris, who she likes, but she just feels that her connection isn't really as strong with. Mm. And British lad Benny, who has, we barely talked about this, but in his words, he has been, quote, playing the chilled back card. It's a great um, card to play. Yeah. I don't know. This is, strategy is never good, really, of just being like, I'm, you have to be so high in the pecking order to take a week off. But that's basically his vibe is like, I'm going to not be too keen. I'm going to hang at the back of the pack and see if she talks to me. I'm like, what gave you the confidence to do that? Well, this is exactly right. Like, he's playing the card as if he is playing one of the cards in a tabletop and digital collectible game created by Richard Garfield, released in 1993 by Wizards of the Coast, Mm -hmm. now a subsidiary of Hasbro. And frankly, he has no right to. Molly picks Ben, who was not a very good drummer, and someone called Jonathan, who I... I mean, Ben is not exactly the star of this show, but Jonathan, I don't know if I've ever seen him before. And the way that the show treats Jonathan is just like... Oh, it's rough. Oh, it's yeah. so rough. It's rough. He is, he's given time to speak and, uh, and, and then he does not, according to the edit. Um, yeah, I, I've never seen him before. I don't think Molly has ever seen him before. Um, Ziara picks Darcy and Corey for the fast food incident that we discussed before, as well as a new wrinkle, which we haven't really touched on, which is we're not sure how old Corey is. Yeah. Uh, Caleb calls him out for telling Sophie that he was 32, but he told the other men that he's 35. I have a question. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it worse to lie about three years of age difference or is it worse to lie about saying she ain't got no good pussy? Uh, That's the eternal question that's plagued mankind since the dawn of time. Mm. I do want to say that Pop Sugar article that we've been referencing, and I don't know if where they got their information from or whatever, but that has his age listed as 30, which is not one of oh. those two options. So... I don't know what that means. I don't, I, it's too it's too little information for us to pull on. But we're confused about Corey. Yes, um, it's weird to have a discrepancy. You know what I mean? You don't want to be caught lying about anything. It's it seems like it's not the most harmful thing in the world, but also it's a red flag. We're here to look for red flags. We found one. Darcy does not have this age problem, and he manages to, well, he he attempts to secure a future for himself in a last-ditch effort, by reading a poem that he has written for Ziara. And this is a man who I did describe as a robot earlier. Can robots create good art? You know, this is a big question we're asking all around the world at the moment. AI, I, 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 and so on. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the poem. He says, we need to talk about the elephant in the room, but this poem ain't all doom and gloom. I did something that was really dumb, my mom is going to kick my bum. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. A wise man once said, don't die wondering what could have been. Please give me a chance to prove myself my queen. I guess I pronounced that wrong, but... It, you know, Even still. Could a machine have done that? I feel like this, this has human error baked into it, you know? Maybe this disproves my, uh, my robot theory. I think a robot would create something a little more structurally, you know, maybe less... 
uh, personality, but a little, you know. A little bit more, like, pentambrically accurate. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's goodbye to Darcy, Jonathan, and Chris. And we learn that they were all nice guys. Whoopsie daisy. Darcy's not a nice guy. Yeah, that's a that's a strange one. Like That, to is- me, is like... Uh, there needs to be a third category introduced because Darcy mm. is not an F boy. Clearly, he's yeah. also not a nice guy. Right. What is the third category? Is it just sucks? Yeah. Well, I think this is what what we're talking about when we say there is a lot of gray area, and of course, these are self described nice guys and F boys. And what that seems to refer to is basically just the plan for the end with the money. You know. Um, Uh, These nice guys also suck. (laughs) I think that's fairly clear at this point, Um, which is kind of why it is good that what ends up happening happens. Uh, Because in episode six, at the end, Sophie picks secret girlfriend Clay and finger miming Justin as her bottom two. (laughs) (laughs) Ziara picks stuff. Ziara picks Josh, who did something bad, but I can't really remember what. Do you remember what Josh did? No. I don't know. Oh, he's Josh. He's the one who's not Joshy. He's not Joshy. That's right. Got it. Austin answered. Uh, and Corey, who covered up his history as an actor. I would like to say quickly on Corey. I've done some Googling. Oh, please. And yeah. we know that he's an actor, but did we know that according to his very own LinkedIn... He is a global professional mogul, model, motivational speaker, slash fitness, slash philanthropist. Holy shit. He's a He's a philanthropist. Yeah. This man gives away his money. So Molly picks Sean, who was on another reality show. Pretty bad. And she also picks Vernon, who she knows is an F boy. So naturally, you know, he's kind of got to be on the chopping block, right? But- She asks him to share this with the class, outing himself as an F-boy to everyone. And this leads to the ultimate goop, the gag of the season, at least so far. This is what I mean. I'm like, I can't Mm -hmm. even say that because like Mm -hmm. this thing feels like it could keep snowballing forever on this season. It's such a... Yeah. WTF Boy Island. Oh my God. Here is the sting. I have prepared this already. I'm so glad this segment is coming up. Where is it? Here it is. WTF Boy of the Week. (laughs) Such an epic moment of the show to be met with little clown horn. So Abby says that since two men have now revealed their statuses, they have no choice but to even the playing field. With two of the men being honest, it's now time for everyone to reveal their status. That's right. From now on, it's all going to be out in the fucking open. And with that, we are left on a cliffhanger for next week. This is so fucking juicy. It's such a fucking good episode of television. Like, this cliffhanger is one of the best cliffhangers that I've seen in reality TV in such a long time. Because not only are you wondering who is going to be, like, the F-boy, who is going to be the nice guy. But also you're wondering, like, how is this going to impact gameplay? Because all of a sudden everything is out in the open 
And this brings to life the true crime comment that I made the other week where I was like, this feels like a true crime show. Yeah. All of a sudden, we're about to get validated in terms of who we think is an F-boy, who we think is a nice guy. Xavier, should we run through – I know you have a heart out – should we run through the remaining contestants and we will make predictions as to who is an F-boy and who is a nice guy? Let's start with Ben, 24, construction manager, who I am not sure is still on the show. Did he get eliminated? He's in the bottom two. Well, the thing is, it's a cliffhanger, so we don't know who is getting eliminated from this batch. That's true. Well, sorry, not batch. It is actually F-Boy Island. It's these F-Boys, yes. I feel like Ben could be okay. You think Ben is a nice guy? That's the thing. I really have to back myself with these now, right? Let's Uh, go on the record. Sure, yeah. Ben's a nice guy. I think Ben's a nice guy too. Yeah. We're I'm, moving on to... I'm looking at a picture of him and he's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a nice smile, doesn't he? Yeah. And his shirt's fine. It's a nice, sure. it's a fine shirt that he's wearing. Not one of the worst ones. Little bit toothpastey, but no big deal. <laughs> yeah, his McLeans are showing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about Benny, 31, professional DJ. Okay. He is British, so I think he's probably an F-boy. <laughs> Hard agree. I think he's an F-boy. I think he's the F-boy to end all F-boys. We need to move on to Caleb, who is the F-boy to end all F-boys. Mm. Now, this one I'm going to need to think about a little bit longer. You have a thing. Caleb. Caleb. Uh, yeah, what do I... Oh, he did bring those chicken burgers. Uh, he did. That was very nice of him. Yeah, it's kind of one of the best things a person could do. Um, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't be trying that hard if he wasn't trying to win them over due to his F-boy status. You know what I mean? I've never had a nice person bring me a chicken burger. I'm going to say Caleb's an F-boy. The fucking stupidity of this also, that all three of these men landed on this concept of, oh, I've learned that she likes food. What if (laughs) I give her food? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just eat his lowest common denominator and i understand that it's a reality tv trope to do this but like do better yeah it takes the the um the way to someone's heart is through their stomach but it it strips it of all like it's like oh well i'm not gonna have to worry about learning anything else about this person then (sighs) talk to me about clay 26 vlogger did he get kicked off clay's still there Clay's still Clay's there. still there. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Is Clay a nice guy or is Clay an F-boy? Clay's got a secret girlfriend. He's a fucking F-boy. Clay's an F-boy. We can <laughs> lock it in. I yeah. feel so confident about that. The problem is, okay, I don't know. I, I haven't done the maths on who, how many we have to. We have to find some of these who are not F-boys. This is the thing. Some of them can't be F-boys. And that is where I bring into contention Corey 30. 32, 35, professional basketball <laughs> player slash mogul slash help feed the homeless work volunteer on new service projects slash motivational speaker, actor, and community helper. I earnestly believe that he nominated himself as a nice guy. Me too. And I think that what this is is like, this will look really good for me, you know? Yep. I'm going to agree. Come on, I'm going to try my my hardest to be nice and uh, I'm going to split the money and it's going to everybody's going to love Corey. I really 
think that Corey thinks that he is a nice guy. I don't agree, but I think that Corey has entered as a nice guy. Can we talk about the next man who I am not sure if he is on the show or not? Are you talking about Darcy? I'm talking about Eden. Oh, yes, Eden. I think Eden is... Jesus, is Eden still there? It's very hard to say. If Eden is still there, I will say that he thinks that he's a nice guy, and I think that the show will say that he's a nice guy also because he has not attracted any attention. Yeah, I think Eden may have been voted off, but I simply have no idea. Me neither. It's time to talk about Isaiah. Okay, Isaiah's a nice guy. I agree. Yeah. I think Isaiah is a clear nice guy front runner. Mm-hmm. We're moving on to Josh, 25 bodybuilder in the bottom two in this most recent episode. Yeah. Uh, nice guy. I know I nothing so about too. him. Yeah. I know nothing about Josh, but I think because we know so many of these other men are fuckboys, right. I think Josh is a nice guy. Yeah. What about Joshy? Joshy's also a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, the I point of contention it. that I would make. Yeah. Uh he yeah, he's not my favorite, but he's 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 fine. He's fine. Talk to me about Justin. Here's where we really, really get into it, don't we? And, you know, now that I'm looking at his, like, press photo that he has on this uh, this cast list, he is kind of doing a little bit of a suggestive hand gesture. He's doing uh, Chris Angel mind freak. <laughs> He's drawing attention to, to those magic hands of his, you know? Yes. Uh, the hands that launched a thousand ships. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I I gotta say he's an F boy. I mean, I think I well, this is the truth. Ah, oh, it's so hard. I think Justin's a nice guy. I think yeah. Justin has entered as a nice guy. He wants to split the money. I think he wants to split the money. I also think that he's not. Even though I think that he is unintentionally, I think that he is fucking Sophie over because he doesn't know that he's not a nice guy. Hmm. I don't know if he's fucking her over, but I would say they're definitely doing some hand stuff. <laughs> okay. I don't like this podcast anymore. Good. Good. <laughs> Let's uh, move on. We know that Nick, Nick is next? a nice guy. He's a nice guy, apparently. Yeah. Uh, who are we left with? Is Ryan still there? Who's Ryan's Ryan? gone. Oh, Ryan's gone. Okay. Well, then it's just Sean left. And it's just Sean who remains. Yeah. What do you think about him? Fuck knows. It's so hard to say. Sean has such a square face. Yeah. I think he could be a nice guy. I think square face Sean is a nice guy. Yeah. Um, Listeners, if you would like to get into our good books, much like, I guess, none of these men. I don't know. Uh, Much like Max Quinn. Me? I don't know. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I could be in some good books. The best way to do it is to get into those... Other books, the ones that your face is in. I mean, look, Facebook sucks. Use the internet. Max, fix this. Do this segment. I got you. Okay, listener, if you would like to connect with us, there is a Facebook group called the Bachelor of Hearts Osh Posting Group. Facebook as a platform is dead and stupid, but... Uh, it is still, for some reason, the best way to engage with groups that are beyond just your regular group chat. And we would like to engage with you there on that platform. It would be really nice for us to hear from you about what you think about this show and any of the other shows that we have covered in the past. 
Let's get engaged. You can also find us on the other social medias at BOHpod. Um, please uh, like and subscribe. Uh, you know what? Like, subscribe, and if you would like to, tell a friend. That would be the nicest thing for us. Yeah, if you know someone who's watching this TV show, or if you know someone who's not watching this TV show but likes this kind of nonsense, get the good word out there. We would be tell thrilled to to watch the to show. Happen. Tell them to listen to the show. This is good stuff for them. Yeah. And uh, until next time, we'll be back with you very soon. We have so what much to say, to say about everything oh that's going what on. What is the next episode going to be? How am I, I supposed to sleep between now and then? Whether or not we are going to be proven right or proven so wrong, Zabi. Mm. Until then, listener, here's what we have to say. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.